Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of the Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. The Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll be continuing our study of the book of 1 John. In this study, we'll be bouncing around in a lot of different verses within the book of 1 John that touch on multiple themes that run throughout the book. So rather than touching on each of those themes as they appear in each chapter, we'll pull out verses from each chapter that all fit into one theme. And in the last episode, we talked about this notion of walking in the light and what does that look like. We noticed that uh, as we understand what the light is and how it works, it's not something that shines down from above us and we scurry around trying to stay in it. It's something that radiates from us. And 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 says, God is light. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 says, God is love. And so we observe that this light and love have a very close connection, if not actually interchangeable. And so we set forth the idea that light shines as we give and receive love. Now, if we hear that, it may make sense to us, but some of us may uh, struggle a little bit on uh, what that looks like in our life. Because often we define love differently than God does, and we share that love differently than God would have us to do. So it seems the first thing we need to do is see what John tells us about who and what we love. Because John says who and what we love matters. See, not everything that we love produces light. It is possible to love things that produce darkness rather than light. First John chapter two, verse 15 says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. See, there's something there that can be detrimental to me if I love it. He says, do not love the world or the things in the world. So what is the world? Well, it, it's made up of different philosophies and leaders and priorities and values and character traits that are very different from what God wants from his people, and we have to be careful not to fall in love with those things. Uh, philosophies are the way we view the world. Do we see it the way rest of society does, or do we see it the way God does? Uh, do we see Christ as the absolute king, or do we expect some political leader to be our savior? Uh, do we have the same priorities as God, or do we value the things and make priorities the things that the world says are important? How is our character made up? Do we have Christ-like character, or is it a worldly character? We Loving the world means loving those things that make the world what it is. And then there are the things in the world, the tangible things, the money, the power, the notoriety, the possessions, the experiences, things we desperately desire that oftentimes drive our decision making rather than letting God do it. John says, you can't love those things. If you do, the love of the Father's not in you. And so he implies here that it's the love of the Father that needs to be in us. So let's explore that a little more. What does he have to say 
about the love the Father has for us. Well, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, he says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is because that it did not know him. Then he says in 1 John 3, 16, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. And then in the next chapter, 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, he says, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his Son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So as John uh, explains this theme through chapter 3 and into chapter 4, he he lets us know that God has a particular kind of love for us. And there are ways that we can know that love, and we can know that we are loving when we imitate him. And he finishes it with, if God loves us this way, we ought to love one another. That's not very different from what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 34, when he's asked, what is the greatest command? He says, absolutely, you've got to love God. You've got to love him with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Give him your all. But understand there's a second part to that command, that that means you love one another the way you love yourself. Now, I understand that means you've got to have a healthy love for yourself to start with, But the call there is to love God by loving other people. Jesus says this in Matthew. John is telling it to his reader in his letter of 1 John. Who and what we love matters. We can't love things. We can't love the world. We are to love God's creation, the people he made, and we're supposed to love them the way he does. Which leads us to the next point. How we love matters. See, love's not just a feeling. We're very fond of saying things like, I love them, but I don't like them. And that's completely tied to uh, how I feel about someone. And that's usually on the basis of how they've treated me or the way I've seen them treat other people or the sin that they have in their life that I don't approve of. But see, love's not just a feeling. To quote John Mayer, love's not just a feeling. Love is a verb. Love is something you do. Listen to some more of John's writing in 1 John. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Love is not something we say. Love is something we do. In 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 20. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. If there are people in my life that I'm not willing to love the way God loves them, and I dismiss that by saying, well, he's God, I'm not. Or Jesus was the son of God. This verse says, I don't love God unless I am showing that love to other people. The way I express love to God is by the way that I love other people. In the next chapter, 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 3, 
Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. See, how we love matters. Just saying we love them, just saying we care about someone, uh, just hoping they don't go to hell is not enough. We have to actively be willing to participate in loving them. And yes, there are some people we don't have as much contact with. There are some people who don't want to have contact with us, and that limits uh, our ability to act on that love. But there needs to always be a genuine willingness on our part to follow the commands of God. Some of us may be a little confused right now. Well, I, what does love look like? Because very often when we see people talking about love, what they're talking about is just giving people whatever they want. And sometimes people want things that aren't in their best interest or things that I don't have the ability to give them. How do I love? Well, the Apostle Paul gives us a description of love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you turn over there and look at verses 4 through 8, it says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way, and it is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. If what we are showing to others and calling love doesn't meet that description, it's not really love, no matter what we said. Love is an action that plays itself out this way, in patience, in kindness, in gentleness, in self-control, in understanding that I may never win them over, they may never see it my way, but I still have to care about them. That is love. And whether or not we do it matters to God. How we go about loving others matters. So if who and what I love matters and how I love those things matter, how does that work? How do I make myself love things that to this point I've been unable to love? Well, I think John gives us uh, some insight into that in 1 John chapter 3, verse 23. He says, and this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. The love in me is enabled when I trust Jesus enough to do what he says. I have this capacity to give and receive love. That's one of the things I'm convinced it means to be made in the image of God. We talked in the last episode about how we're very much like a light bulb that has a filament in it. And when it's attached to the power source, it's able to radiate light. The love that we have in us no matter how deeply we've buried it or how much we've tarnished it, when we trust Jesus enough to do what he says, it can start to glow and start to shine. And in that, staying connected to that power source and that trust of Jesus, we can see love be perfected in us. It will continue to grow as we stay connected to Jesus. John speaks to this in 1 John chapter 2, verse 5. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. 
If I keep his word, I'm staying connected to the power source that allows love to continue to grow in me and radiate from me. He also says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 12, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Again, this idea of love getting better and better in us, growing in us, is achieved when we keep his word. And here we see when we practice loving one another. If what I'm wanting to accomplish is to have love grow in me and to be able to love God more, John says here that that's accomplished by practice and you practice on loving other people. As you get better at that, the more your love grows and the more perfect it is. Some may even question the wisdom of doing this because it often seems that if we show that kind of love to others, we may be taken advantage of. I guess it would do good to ask God how he feels when we take advantage of the love that he has shown us. We know that he doesn't withhold it and he doesn't give up on us. He's generous with his grace and his mercy and his love. We're supposed to imitate that. So what is the value of that? Why does why is there any value in God doing it for us? And why is there any value in it for us doing it to others? What's the value of walking in the light of love? Well, the first thing it does is it illuminates the path that we should be on. It, it helps us to see clearly in our lives what path to take, where we should go. How do we make decisions? Listen to 1 John chapter 2, verse 10. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. If you learn how to love other people, you're going to make better decisions, and you're not going to trip up and fall and possibly even get off the path. You'll be able to see clearly how to step and where to go next because you're walking in the light if you love your brother. 1 John chapter 3, verse 14 says, We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. It's interesting to see this verse because I talk to so many people who are concerned about their eternal life. Am I in or am I out? How do I know? And, and very often religious leaders have given uh, their members a, a checklist of things. If you've done this, this, and this, you're okay. If you've said this prayer, if you've experienced this baptism, if you've experienced going to this kind of church, these are the things that will help you know that you have eternal life. Here John says the way that you know that you're not dying but you're always living is that you love people. If I look at other people and I just can't like them, I may have an issue. Whoever does not abide in love abides in death. That's what John says. I think one of the things we need to understand about eternal life, about living eternity with God, is that he welcomes into his presence all of those who have learned to love one another. If we've gone through this whole life and have not taken advantage of the opportunity to learn to love by his enablement and his power, He's not going to force us to do that for eternity. If I don't love people, he's not going to make me hang out with them for all eternity. That would be miserable. And so he says, you can go be miserable somewhere else. Now, he does warn us that that someplace else is terrible. It is absent all presence of God and all goodness. And so it'll be a terrible existence. But the way that you get to spend eternity with God is by loving the people that he's assembled. If we can't do that here, 
he's not going to force us to do it for eternity. Also, walking in this light of love gives substance to our actions. I mentioned earlier 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you go back and read the first three verses, uh, Paul says, if I do anything for God and it doesn't have love, it's empty. I I can be persecuted, I can be killed, I can uh, preach the best sermon, I can speak in tongues. If I do any of those things, but love is not a part of it, it's empty. Uh, Love is going to give substance to our actions. It's going to give meaning and significance to them, and we need to take that very seriously. Also, love removes fear. We live in a very scary world right now, and I know some Christians who are walking around terrified. They're terrified that one political group or another is going to be in charge. They're terrified that a virus is going to get them. They're afraid that some violent criminal is going to take their life. They're afraid that they're not going to get what they deserve. And they end up responding to all of these circumstances in fear. And that very often leads to some bad decisions. But John says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Remember, we just talked about this possibility, this capacity that we have to have love perfected in us. And so if I'm still afraid of things, if I don't trust God completely, then I need to work on love. I need to come to understand it better and practice it more so that fear goes away. Now, I want to be very clear. I'm not saying that you can be irresponsible if you love other people. God gives us common sense. We need to use it. There are things that we can do uh, to be good stewards of the blessings that he's given us and not be reckless with that But the motivation for enacting those things needs to be a love of God and other people, not a fear that I'm going to lose something. David in the Psalms writes this in Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? David said, if I'm connected to God, what is there to be scared of? Think back when you were a kid, right? The time that we were often most afraid was when all the lights were out, when it was dark. And what did we want more than anything? For someone to turn the lights on. If we're living a life now in fear, if we're scared, we need to turn on the lights. John says we do that by learning to love other people. Also, another value of walking in this light of love is that to love is to know God. Listen to what John says in a few different verses here. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7-8. through 8, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. 1 John chapter 4, verses 16-17. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. And then a few verses later, 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, we love because he first loved us. 
God is love. If we want to know God, we have to love. We have to experience love. We have to get it. One of my favorite singer-songwriters is Ben Rector, and he has a song that encapsulates this thought very well. He says, I just want to look more like love. I encourage you to go hear that song. Some of the lyrics are very appropriate for our time. But the way to deal with all of the bad decisions, with all of the fear that is going on in our society is not to fight darkness with darkness, but to fight the darkness with light. And what is that light? It's allowing love to shine out from us. And as that light shines, it drives out the darkness. It drives out the fear and gives us ability to see the path that we should be on for eternal life. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter.